what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 39, volume 3 of The Big Fan. My name is Chad East, and I'm a big fan of 40th birthday parties where you're not the one turning 40. My dog, Co is barking collar, and 20 wonderful years of married bliss with my fabulous wife, Jennifer East. Oh, that's very sweet. My name is Hank Eimer, and I'm a big fan of having the slightest drop in temperature to help to realize fall is near. MLB's unwritten rules and why young players better learn them quickly and the adrenaline rush of killing a copperhead. Oh, well, we must start here with the killing of a copperhead. It's not very often where a friend says they killed a snake. So please, Hank, enlighten us and our listeners. Well, um, as many of you know, my little boy was... Uh, got bit by a copperhead when he was two and he was in our the copperhead was in our front yard and it was on a bush and he went over and pointed at it and it struck him in his finger and you know he got the antivenom and we spent a night in the hospital and you know so from that day i've always had kind of a uh exaggerated hate for the copperhead now i i don't mind snakes i don't mind black snakes i don't mind king snakes i love them in your yard because they're going to take care of rodents and they're going to take care of um other snakes um, so when I see a black snake, I'm fine with a black snake. They but, don't freak you out or anything like, oh, snakes, they just look weird and scary. Nothing like that for you? I mean, no. I, if they're in my house, I would be kind of concerned. But, you know, when you see them out in the yard, they're just – they don't bother me. Um, and actually, I, I've made it my mission to um, kill every poisonous snake that on in northwest Hickory over the last few years. And uh, the other day I was mowing my grass and all of a sudden, just right in front of my mower, here comes a big old copperhead right in front of it. So um, he crawls into the monkey grass and I go get a rake and a shovel and Harris is on the other side of the house. And I, first thing I do is scream, Harris, copperhead. He comes flying around the house and, uh, you know, it went into the monkey grass and I couldn't see it. So I just start raking the monkey grass and sure enough, I grab him and pull him right out of the monkey grass and, um, you know, take a flat hoe and uh, take his head off of his body. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, man, those things, I don't love those things, but anytime I get to uh, remove one from the planet, I love it. Sure. Yeah, man. As many as you want to remove, Hank, it is fine by me. I am no fan of snakes. I, the story that I remember when I was a young a young lad, we had a swimming pool. We lived in Bethlehem, North Carolina, and my, we had a swimming pool in our backyard, and my brother and I would swim in it like all the time, right? If it was summer, we were in that pool. Well, I'll never forget, uh, Jeremy was probably seven, that's my brother, and I was eight and a half, nine, whatever, and we were swimming, and it looked like there was a stick, like right beside Jeremy. Like he was swimming around the shallow end, it looked like there was just a stick. You know, I'd say it's about a three-foot-long stick sitting there, so I jumped in, you know, to kind of, check out what the stick was, what it was floating. And when I got right up there next to Jeremy, that it was a damn water moccasin. Yep. And it, yes. And it, so it kind of like did whatever it did. Kind of, it didn't like try to strike it, strike us, but it kind of swam near us enough to scare the living tar out of us. And so my dad jumped in, got it out and chopped it up or whatever. But man, ever since then, I have just been completely petrified of snakes. On Raiders of the Lost Ark, when Harrison Ford falls into um, that snake pit and all those snakes are there. Oh, yeah. That is a that is my my worst nightmare, you know? So, anyway, yes, if you want to kill as many snakes as you want, bah, you go right ahead, sir. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I, I would not, you know, I don't love snakes enough to be on Fear Factor and be put in a box with them, you know, like they used to. Uh, I'm not that kind of guy. But, um, I, you know, I'm ready to do my work. And, you know, it's funny because one of our good friends had a snake and he hates snakes, hates them. So he called me over to his house one night. It was about 830. 
And I roll up there. He's like, I can't do it. I can't kill it. I, I just can't. It freaks me out. I just can't get to it. And so I go over there. He's in boots, canvas pants. He's got a shovel just flicking the shovel at it. And that snake's just getting more and more upset, just striking the shovel, just going crazy. And I walk around the corner and his son is there with him. And he's like, why is Uncle Hank in flip-flops and shorts and you're in ah. cowboy boots and, and, you know, I'm like, come on guys. So I grabbed the shovel and I just, you know, cut its head off. And uh, it was a, a great moment for me, but not a great moment for him. Cause his boy looked at him like he is <laughs> Hilarious. Cats in a suit of armor and you're in a pair of board shorts and some flip-flops. Oh, that is fantastic. Fantastic. Um, well, anyway, well, good congratulations on killing the snake, Hank. Um, I don't know if you noticed in my intro, the last couple episodes of Big Fan, we have been, uh, you know, rudely interrupted by my dog, Koa. So, Koa... You know, he's about two, he's two years old right now, and he's still, he's trying to grow up, still a little puppy, and we've had a really hard time training him to quit barking. You know, he likes to bark, and he barks all the time, and you probably heard it in our last two pod podcasts if you've been an avid listener to Big Fan. Well, we bought him something called a barking collar, Hank, right? A barking collar. So you, man, I, I hate to even say that we've done this, but we had to do it. This dude was getting out of control. Is a little collar you put around his neck and you turn it on and it goes green. It goes and you know it's it's ready for some action, right? So the first time he feels or he starts to bark, it'll give him a little shock. And then as he barks and continues to, it escalates the shock value. It'll go up to 15 barks and then it'll automatically reset because if it probably went higher, the dude would be electrocuted. You know what I'm saying? He'd be laying, he'd be laying down here just trembling. So anyway, the other day, you know, he started barking and he knew he had it on because he knew he, he realized he had it on the second day because it shocked him. You know, it gives him a little buzz. Yeah. This big dog that lives down the street who Koa always tries to fight with and bark at, he started walking down the street and Koa's at the window. Bark, 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 buzz, 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 bark, bark, buzz, buzz, buzz. It got up to about 14. I'm telling you, Koa yelled, let out this yelp this high-pitched yelp, and stop the barking immediately. So, hey, man, he's almost there. I hate to do it, but we did it. Do you believe we in a barking get, collar? We need to get you a barking collar. <laughs> get you something like that. Keep you under control. He used that the other night at the fan draft. I know. I need it. You know uh, our friend Al Gargas? You know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me he, he put it on. Yeah, they did an experiment last summer where he didn't put it on his neck. He put it on his ankle. Yeah, and they said he tried to walk, and then it, it gave him a good shock, and he went down like a, like a ton of bricks. But uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny that Al will – actually, Al is in one of my stories further – a little bit later in our podcast too. So he's going to be a, a, a important subject of our podcast. Um, well, anyway, man, we've had some really exciting things happen the last couple of weeks, Hank. First and foremost, if you want to tell our, I know our, our, our loyal viewers or listeners are very concerned about how our tennis summer has been. You know, we've had multiple matches. We've had, you know, some really good, some great competition, some good camaraderie. And, you know, to get to the semifinals of the big tournament that we've been playing all summer for, it came down to you and me, mano e mano. They call this the big fan matchup of the decade. So, Hank, I'll let you tell our audience kind of how it all went down if you want to, buddy. Go for it. Well, we got into this match, and I think I started – it was my serve. I started the match off, and uh, I won the first game. And so I felt pretty good about that. Felt pretty yeah. good about that, win the first game. We go to your side. You win the next game. I win the next game. You win the next game. We, right. we go back and forth. We get to three all. We get to four, four. Yes. You, you pull up five, four, yes. and end up pulling away with six, four in that first set. Tough first set. Good first well, set. Well, well, first set, yes. Yes. What so then. What? What happened in the second set? Second set went same plan. We went. One, one, two, two, three, three, four, three, five, three, six, three. 
Well, I thought you were going to say something in there, Hank, about how you tweaked your back. I mean, come on, you got to tell the audience about the tweak back, right? Listen, I, that is, I, I'm not, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I'm too good of an athlete to do that. I don't need an excuse. <laughs> well, if you're not going to say, I, can't be- I, do, I do appreciate you being humble, but. Audience, our friend Hank is a heck of an athlete. He is a competitor. And in the first set around game 3-3, three, three, maybe 4-3, yeah. he goes up for a serve, and I hear, oh, oh, and I look over, and he's cl- he's holding his back. It's cl- it's clinched up. Something is, is gone awry. And uh, he's holding his, his back. And I said, Hank, are you okay? And and I will be honest with you, Hank. I'm not I – was, I was not happy to see you in that kind of shape. But you're always a pretty – you don't ever show any, like, fatigue. You know, it seems like you're you, – you've got – if you're in a tough match, you're calm, cool, and collected. So to see you struggle just for a little bit by holding that back and – that little look you gave, I won't say I was displeased. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel bad for you, but I was not displeased. Is that terrible you're to say? A, you're a sick friend and a sick man. <laughs> I am. I am a sick friend. Well, anyway, you toughed it out. And hung in there and almost got that first set. And the second set was just as close. So anyway, uh, I commend you for a heck of an effort. Now, um, I will move forward throughout the tournament. I now am in the semifinals and I'm playing my match tomorrow. So uh, the next time we, we speak to the audience about uh, on, on our podcast, I'll let them know if I became the champion or not. Right, Hank? You, you better, say, you hey, better because... I'm in fifth place. Not bad. Not bad. Right? <laughs> Listen, listen, we were, we, I, I commend you on your victory, but we were a couple points of it turning the other way. So, okay. hey, we'll play, we'll play again. Don't worry, we'll play again. And yes. it might not be your day the next time. Listen, because listen, yeah, I, I, I think you played well and you had to. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You're a, you're a heck of a competitor. So I'm sure next summer we'll probably meet again, maybe in the championship. Who knows? You keep Let's working hope. on that game. Hey, man, you keep working on that game, all right? Don't you stop. Thank you. Don't you quit. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Staying on the sports subject, Hank, because we are two really big sports guys. There's a couple things that have been happening. We're going to hit the fantasy football drafts in a minute, but you mentioned something about unwritten rules in baseball. You are my go-to baseball dude. You know the ups and downs, the insides, outs of baseball rules and everything that's going on. Please tell me what happened this past week that uh, made you think about this unwritten baseball rule. Well, you know, there's there's all these there's all these different rules that we've talked we talked about this in the past that you know baseball has that's considered cheating or unsportsmanlike or whatever. You know, one of them is pimping a home run. You know, when you hit um, when you hit a bomb, uh, you put your head down and you run to first base, right? That's what you do. You don't you don't admire it. You don't flick your bat. You don't do that's how you get the next guy behind you killed. So this guy named Fernando Tatis Jr., who is an incredible talent, just an incredible talent. He's played short for the San Diego Padres, but he's a young guy. He's 21, right? So, you know, some of these unwritten rules are just old guy baseball. And uh, one of the rules are when you're pulling ahead of a team, say seven, eight runs, and you're in the last few innings, and a pitcher gets down three balls to no strikes – He's going to throw something down the middle to get back on track, okay? And as a hitter, the unwritten rule is you let him throw the strike. Now, I don't necessarily agree with it just because why am I going to let him get back in the count, right? But this is one of those rules. So Tatis decides that he didn't look at this coach. He didn't have a take sign. He didn't anything. He swings out of his shoes and puts this thing deep over the wall. Well, the Texas Rangers didn't take kindly to that. And next guy up was Manny Machado, and he got thrown at. So it is kind of funny how there's these two sides of baseball right now. There's the let the young guys play and have fun, which I I enjoy. Like let them let them be flashy, let them you know let them be have fun up there. Um, but you still gotta watch these unwritten rules because if you don't, people gonna get hurt behind you. So uh, it just that's what I love about baseball. That's that's the thing I love about it is that the the game within the game. And when you start having uh, players challenge that history, it's going to be interesting to watch because, you know, some pitchers won't take kindly to it. Some managers won't take kindly to it. Um, 
and you know that's going to change the game a little bit. So let me just understand this. I'm not a baseball guy. You know, I, I like I played it when I was little, but I didn't play necessarily all the way growing up. So you're telling me a guy he's up in the count three up, and he's supposed and a ball comes right down the middle, right down the the middle of the plate. And he's just supposed to let it – he's not supposed to swing or do anything. He's supposed to just watch it go down the middle. Is that – are you serious? The That's the rule. Up, up, but you got to be ahead a lot in the last few innings. So, you know, if you're up eight, it's the eighth inning. Okay. They do, now, like, so the unwritten rule is to take the pitch. But these players get paid on their batting averages and on how, how they get on base and everything else. So at some point – at some point, they've got to figure out that that rule is punishing the hitter um, because they are so, so stat-driven. So I, I, I'm, I think this one's kind of stupid. I think that that one – but it's nonetheless, it's a rule that they live by. Also, you got to think about this too, Hank. What puts butts in the stands? Granted, not during COVID, but the fans want to see hits. They want to see home runs, right? That's what they want to see. So, you know – you're taking away that opportunity for a, a young hitter who's feeling really good about himself up in the count. Their team is winning to blast one over the right field fence to get all the crowd excited. And, you know, you know, next time the young dude that's sitting in the right field fence or behind the right field fence, they call the ball, say, Daddy, I want to go back to that game because that player hit that home run in the eighth inning. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's, I understand. I, exactly I, 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 don't like that rule. I think that rule sucks. But anyway. It's just part of the game, right? Right. It's just it's just part of the game, and I mean, I think that it's a stupid part of the game, but um, you know, it's uh, it is nonetheless part of it. Um, you know, I basically, I mean, sports in general is getting kind of funny because the players really are running, um, you know, running it like LeBron. Like, think about what LeBron has done for the NBA and how the player ha like really has control of his future. Um, today I saw that article on um, Lionel Messi. Did you see that? So yeah. it's the first. It's the first time that their team, Barcelona, has not held a trophy in since like I don't know 07, 08. And he said he wants to be traded immediately. What do you mean? He he wants to leave the team. I think he just feels like his time has been spent there. You know, he makes more money than him and Ronaldo make more money than any else on the planet, and. Right. Uh, the, the the reality is, is it's more than, I mean, I haven't really read the story on why he wants to do it, but he says he wants it right away. Hmm. That's crazy. I would think, you know, I'm loyal. That sounds like, hey, he doesn't win, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go try to win with another team. I think that's disloyal. You know, the biggest thing is, is that he just wants to, that I, I mean, he wants to go someplace else. And, you know, everybody, can you imagine being the best player in the world? how you know i heard i heard david beckham was because he plays for that inner miami team he wants him to come there i mean can you imagine i mean he's the best player in the world can you imagine how much uh, like decision making is getting ready to have to happen because apparently his contract says that he can get out after every year he has the cha he has the choice to get out after every year um and we're not talking about small contract numbers here i mean he's making big money but um you know, it's going to be interesting to see where he where he lands and why he wants to land there. Right. So as Jay-Z would say, I'm a, you know, what did Jay-Z say? Something like, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. You know, this dude is a billion dollar business. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he, the, what, the move that he's going to make will affect, you know, many, many hundreds and maybe thousands of people around him. I mean, just by one little decision on where he wants to go and play next so yeah anyway godspeed to him hope he makes the right decision keep it with the sports uh, tip here hank give me an update on the baseball team i hear you've been in some heck of a couple tournaments here in the last couple weeks with some pretty good results i might hear yeah well our last so we're in this two week we took two weeks off in between our summer and fall so we're not playing right now we're not practicing right now we're just kind of like taking it easy letting everybody you know take a little, you know, a couple weeks off, but our last tournament was two weekends ago and, uh, our boys came in ready to ball, ready to ball. And, um, 
we won our two games on Saturday. We come out Sunday and we're playing this team Sunday morning, which really was the championship game. They're the, you know, the other team. I think it was us and them that were probably the ones to win that could win it. And uh, came down to the last inning. We they pull up ahead 3-0. Then we go 3-1. Three. We come back 3-2. 3-3. We're up 4-3. And um, they have a guy on second base. Uh, one out. There's a fly ball behind our catcher who's not normally our catcher and he goes back to the fence run back now we're talking about 11 year old boys here right right running back to the fence diving catch against the fence gets up we're all excited he's all excited the guy at second base decides to run to third because he tagged up smart heads up play two outs he should not throw the ball but what's that little boy do gets up throws throws it out Throws it out in outfield. Guy comes home, tie ball game. We go into the last inning, tie ball game. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, get uh, get up. First kid gets a hit. Um, so he's on first base. We steal. He gets on second. So we got a man on second, no outs. Bottom of the last inning. Uh, next strikes out. Next guy is Harris, and Harris hits a – rocket to right center the right fielder makes a diving catch i was sending the run the runner had to go back next kid comes up hits a blooper over third base we score diving head first in the home plate my, our player it was a great i mean it was a great way to end the year we wow. won the tournament uh it's good to have like you know these teams right here these these boy little boys teams and girls teams you know you don't want them to be 25 and 0 you don't want them that to, to expect to win every game. And I think we were like 11 and seven. Uh, we might've been like 13 and eight or something. That's like where you learn lessons. You know I mean? You're not the best team out there. You're losing some ball games. You're winning some tight ball games. But um, I think that that's good to have that kind of, that kind of record because it really does allow you to work towards getting better because the, the team that, that game we won right there, we wouldn't have won that game last year. We wouldn't right. have. We would have kept our composure. We wouldn't have done it. We would have lost it, and that would have been fun. But it's just showing like like these little kids are growing and getting better and smarter, and um, you know it's going to make them for good high school players because that's what you know that's all we're trying to build here is we're not trying to build the best eleven year old in the country. We're trying to just make kids that are going to be solid players if they decide to play in high school and um, have fun. They're doing it, but every one of those kids had a huge grin on their face at the end because winning's fun. I understand that. We tell our kids that you know, winning is fun, and I would yeah. rather win than lose. So enjoy the times you win. Did Coach Eimer have a big smile on his face when the boys slid to home base and, and he was called safe, home plate? Did I, Coach I was, <laughs> I was probably 10 feet behind him running the entire time, like, get down, get down, get down. I mean, I can't tell you how much fun I have on this. But, you know, people talk about, oh, travel sports, how – uh, I, I can't believe it eats up your week. There would be, there's no place I'd rather be than on that field with them. No place, you know, during the day like that. I mean, on a pretty day, there's no place I'd rather be. And um, because I, I have fun watching them. Like the, the kid that got the hit probably wouldn't have been the kid you would have expected to get the hit. And for him to get that hit, to score the winning run, it means that much to him. I mean, it, it was, it, that's the way sports are. That's, you know, I mean, that's why we love sports is uh, the most uncharacteristic things happen um, throughout the event of a game. And it, it makes you think of, uh, you know, man, that was a special time or a special series or something like that. So it was fun. Because, you know, you can't script sports. You know, it is – it's better than any fantasy reality show, whatever. You know, you cannot write this or make this stuff up. It's what sports is all about. You know, that's what makes it so special. That's why, you know, we're starting to get, my girls are starting to get, we're playing soccer again. We're practicing. You're playing baseball again. I'm almost feeling school started. We haven't talked about that yet, but school started last week. You know, we're kind of getting back into a swing of things, the swing of things. However, it is not normal what we are used to. But at least it's a tad bit of normalcy coming back to us. We got school started. We got our sports kicking in the gear a little bit. So 
I got to I'm, I'm just I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic. You know, Hank, one of our I, I was talking to one of our friends who's now a new listener to the to Big Fan and they she was like, "Man, I really like y'all show because you guys keep it lighthearted and positive." You know, positive. I will be honest with you, over the last 3 months I have not felt the normal Chad East positivity and optimism because of what has been going on in the world. But this last week, I've been injected with a little bit more of this positivity because of sports kind of kicking into gear for our kids and school kicking into gear and seeing some other things on the horizon that maybe we'll be getting out of this dark place we've been in into the light. So anyway, sports helps us do that. So I'm glad that uh, your tournaments and Harris's baseball is going very well and your coaching as well, sir. Yeah, it was fun. It's been fun. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like you though, man, it's, it's good to get some normalcy back. I've been watching a lot of the basketball, the playoffs, um, you know, just because, I mean, I think the NBA has done a fantastic job. They've done a fantastic job with the arena. They've done a great job. I think major league baseball has done a pretty good job, but it's just stuff like that sitting on the couch at night and watching a game that makes Mm -hmm. you feel normal. Right. And that's everybody needs you know that's what we all need so i think it's it's been great i think uh you know it's been good yeah uh speaking of feeling normal two weeks ago hank on our weekend fantasy football draft which we're getting ready to talk about i don't think uh, any of us felt really normal after we got through that draft remember let's let's talk a little bit about our fantasy football draft actually let's talk about the whole weekend it's a little bit different for me than it is for you because i have two normal drafts back-to-back Friday night, and then we run it back Saturday to have ours, which is tough on a body, especially an old man's body like me. It is hard to run that weekend gamut with two fantasy football drafts. Included in that are cornhole tournaments and golf course, you know, 18 holes on the golf course and, you know, eating ribs and playing music and doing all the stuff that goes with the draft. It's just not about drafting the fantasy football team. It's about all the pageantry that goes with it correct yo i know hey I, I i thought you looked great when i saw you that night but i will tell you who did not is your brother and he rode the same boat you did and um i think he uh he had a rough weekend yeah let's flash back to two fridays ago and this is where we'll start well the first draft and we'll keep it real brief so the first draft started we went to meet at the uh, Lake Hickory Country Club at one o'clock. We teed off, played golf. Everybody had a big time. We then took it to our friend Jeff Osborne's house, who was the hostess with the mostest. He cooked up, I and mean, he's a great cook. He cooked all these ribs. He had all these wings brought. Anyway, he had all this more food than anybody could ever eat. And guess what? I had, had to eat, Hank. You had a pickle. Had a pickle. Actually, had two pickles that day. Two pickles that night. Well, anyway, we get through. The draft starts a little late because we got a late start on the golf course. We start the draft at 8. It ends about 12.30 o'clock, 12 p.m., 12.30 p.m. And I don't know if you remember that Friday, but it rained six inches in like two hours. Do you remember this rainstorm on Friday night? I, I do remember that. And you you finished at 12.30 a.m., correct? 12.30 a.m., yes, 12.30 a.m. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yes, I do remember that rain. I do remember that rain. Yeah, so, you know, it's pouring down rain, and we're like, the draft just ended. We're always oblivious to how hard it's raining. You know, I mean, it is pouring rain, but we don't, we're not ready to leave, you know, the festivities yet. So we talk, we listen to music, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody gets a phone call, and they're like, hey, do y'all realize it is 2.30 in the morning, and it has rained six inches? It's best that y'all get home and check on your residences, because they could be underwater. So sure enough, we get a ride, we get to the house, I come home. My awesome wife, who is just incredible, is down in our basement, wet backing of water, and it's 2.30 in the morning. Not a good scene. Not a good feeling. When you walk in from your draft and your wife's in the basement, wet backing. So I said, Jennifer, thank you so much. Let me take it from here. So continue to wet back until about 4 o'clock in the morning. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Wet backing after a fantasy football draft. Not much fun. However, I could keep the party going a little bit just by myself. You know, I put the headphones on, maybe a little beverage or two while I'm wet backing, you know, just make a little game out of it, but. Yeah, it's uh, we get through that draft, which leads us 
to our next draft. So, you know, that one ends four o'clock in the morning. Next draft, it's going to start about 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And this is where you come into the story. You had a baseball tournament, right? Right. And I I didn't get there until about 6. Yes. So, again, they're predicting a lot of rain, a lot of rain on Saturday, kind of like what we saw Friday night. So we get a backup plan. Normally we're at the lake at Stephen Sparks uh, Lake Compound, which is just phenomenal. But this time – we decided to get a backup plan and do it in a warehouse. And I'll tell you, this warehouse that our friends, uh, you know, they kind of decked out for us. It looked like the little in the movie Footloose when Kevin Bacon comes into the little dance area prom at the end of the end of Footloose, and all the lights are streaming up, and there's all these things in the in the sky. You know what I'm talking about in Footloose? I, I, I absolutely Footloose. You know, pick off your Sunday shoes, and he goes. Let's dance. That's how I felt when I walked into that warehouse and saw those lights up. I was like, these guys have done a phenomenal job. Anyway, that was our backup plan because of the rain. Hank, it did not rain one drop. It did not rain. Not one drop. drop. But we made the most of it. Played a lot of cornhole, ate some good pizza, talked. It was just a really, really phenomenal time. Draft ends, you know, I'd say, what, about 12, 1230? Yeah, yeah, we draft. We left. It ended at twelve, and you know I am not. We have we have a a separation between the haves and the haves nots uh, in our league. We have the individuals now? I I had to leave. I had to be in Gastonia at eight thirty the next morning, so I had a little bit of an excuse to get home early. But there's probably out of the twelve of us, six that want to stay late, and there's probably six that want to go home, right? Yes. So uh, I'm one of the ones that want to go home and we were tightening. I got on my backpack. I was walking outside. I was prepared to walk home because walking home is about two miles from my house. And, it, you know, give me 25 minutes. We would have been there. Well, we had a ride home, which was very nice. But when we were leaving, I heard one of the brothers say to the other one, just make sure you turn off the generator and lock up everything. And from what I understand, he was able to accomplish that feat, but that is all that he was able to do from that point forward, because what ended up happening is you had to drop him off immediately after. And then I have not even heard the story. I've heard parts of the story about you guys late night, but I am ready to hear from you because from what I understand, there might not have been any sleeping Saturday evening. Well, this is the world premiere of the story of the Fantasy Football Draft 2020. So, yes, I'll take it from here, Hank. So let's say it's 1230, and the one brother who's responsible for the generator, he takes care of his one responsibility, and he just waves the white flag and says, guys, this is as far as I can go. It's time for CP time. And CP time to this young man means get me home, get me in the bed. I've had enough. So that's what we do. We get my friend to his bed, and he gets in it. Everything is good. We go back to the lake where the draft was supposed to be, and it is a beautiful night. The moon is full. It is shining down on Lake Hickory, glistening. Glistening, I say, Hank. And so we sit out, and we're talking, and we're reminiscing about the draft. And, and um, you know, we don't even really realize what time it is. And we just hear kind of uh, at the cabin that's kind of above the place we're here, and we're he- we hear a little rustle up some people. It's kind of like... People are talking and laughing and listening to music. So we decide to scurry up the trail, which connects the two cabins. And sure enough, man, there's a party of maybe three, four, five to six people all around a bonfire having a time. So instead of us, you know, being rude and not joining the festivities, of course, we say, hey, can would you mind? Would you guys mind if we kind of jump in and party a little bit with you? They really wanted us to. They saw that we were wearing our jerseys of our fantasy football teams, and they thought maybe we could add a little fun to their party. Little did I know that one of the fine people that we met was, how do I say this? Uh, She was enlightened, or she believed in uh, cosmic chi, you know, like uh, she believed uh, kind of like the hippie lifestyle. I'll say that, that we have this, vibe or this aura around us and she was really interested to see how our cheese were all right listen to what i'm saying not cheese but our chi our chi was within us right 
Oh, I got so it. I got you, it. You're understanding. So um, all of a sudden, after we've just met these people for about 20, 25 minutes, she brings three Japanese lanterns outside around the bonfire and asks us to delicately hold the Japanese lantern with our thumbs. These are these, you know, the Japanese lanterns that they let go in uh, what that Tangled movie where all the, they fly, float up in the air. You know what I'm talking about? So yeah, we have yeah, yeah. three Japanese lanterns. And we're each holding them by our thumbs. And then she'll come over and, and light them. And if it takes off without you having to do much help to push it, your chi is good. You, you're, you're living a good, full life, right? So our first friend, a lot of chi. A lot of chi. Our first friend, Stephen, is holding <laughs> the lantern and she lights it. And it drifts up into the sky. You know, it's gorgeous. It just floats up into the sky. It's just, just so beautiful. We're like, yeah, your chi is just on time. Our next friend, Josh, is holding his lantern and a couple, this little struggle to get it lit, but finally gets lit and it kind of drifts up, but then it gets stuck at the top of a tree and it just disintegrates. Like we thought the tree was going to catch on fire. It just, <laughs> thank God we didn't catch on fire and the ashes fall down. Well, of course, now it's my time. My chi has not been very good lately, Hank. I know it. I had a feeling as soon as she said, okay, hold the lantern. It's your time, Chad. I'm holding the lantern and I'm kind of, you know, I'm, it's wavering a little bit. I can't keep it really steady. So, you know, it shifts a little bit to the left. And while she's lighting it, the whole thing just catches on fire in my hands. I'm holding it. The whole lantern catches on fire in my hands. So, enlightened lady who was so kind to share with us her Japanese lantern, she was like, whoa, I've never seen one do that before. Something's not right with, you know, with you right now, right? I'm like, I guess maybe it's because it's three o'clock in the morning and we've been at this all day. So maybe my chi just made me waver a little bit. My balance was off. And she said, let's try it again. Goes to get uh -oh. another Japanese lantern, Hank. So we're that with uh -oh. lanterns. So she lights this one. Mine took off a little bit. It got a little sideways after about 10 feet in the air and it can crash and burn down to the ground again. So after that, the fourth try, we just called it a night. Uh, we took our party back down to Stevens Lake House and, you know, and enjoyed the rest of the evening. But that's what happened at a Hickory Fantasy Football Draft. You never know who you're going to run into. And you never know if you're going to be lighting Japanese lanterns off at 3 o'clock in the morning, if you're going to be swimming in Lake Hickory at 5, if you're going to be laying on a boat and Heron decides to sleep beside you for the evening. You never know what you're going to have at a Hickory Fantasy Football Draft. Am I right, sir? Did a heron? Did a her Did you sleep on a boat and a heron came down beside you? Oh, that wasn't this time. Not me. One of our co-members of our draft about four or five years ago fell asleep on a boat and woke up, and a heron was right beside him on the boat. <laughs> I don't <laughs> remember that. Oh, a classic story. We'll save that one for another time, young sensei. Okay. Oh yeah, because you know the the best part of our. The best part of our fantasy football, too, is the creativity. And your brother just looked awful on Saturday just because he had a rough 24 hours. You know, you're talking about the water. His apartment got flooded, so he had to go back to his house like you did, you know, and have to deal with that. He was, you know, very little sleep, everything else. And one of my favorite names of the evening was a friend of ours decided to uh, use his name as a uh, as a tribute to your brother, and I think what his team name is is Standing Eight Count. Yes, you are right. Because every time you looked at Jeremy that day, it looked as if he had just been knocked out by Mike Tyson, and he got up right in time for the Standing Eight Count. Absolutely, yeah, it like absolutely. So I, I got to tell you those. Um, those evenings, I don't know how you guys do it, but uh, what from what I understand, so you were lighting those candles at four o'clock in the morning, and from what I understand, you walked to somebody's house after that. What 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 was the end of the evening, or the beginning of the morning? Let me ask that. Yeah, it was just time to go home, Hank. It was uh, we had had enough Japanese lantern flying and you know conversation, and we had played every. Um, every song known to man. And I think we had run out of our last beer. And so it was time 
to walk through the wilderness uh, to my friend Josh's house where we caught a quick ride and everyone came home safe and sound right when CBS um, morning, Sunday morning was beginning. So it was, oh my so, gosh, <laughs> it was a, it was a wonderful, wonderful evening. Anyway, you know, hopefully it'll be the last of those for a long time till next year, I guess. Chad, come on, Chad. We know better than that. Well, um, buddy, got a couple really exciting things I want to talk about, but before I do, um, I got to give a quick shout out to uh, a, a big fan listener who turned 40 last week. Her name is Amanda Hedrick. Do you know Amanda? Her I husband, do. Yes, they spoke very highly of you, Hank. Uh, they are wonderful people. She invited us to their her 40th wedding or 40th birthday party, which was held in Asheville. And, you know, in our intro, I said, I am a big fan of going to a 40th birthday and not turning 40 myself. And this is the reason, you know, 40, that's a big number. We all got to face it eventually. You're 40, what, one? Three. Oh, oh God, you are. Oh, whoa. Didn't realize how old and, you were, Grandpa. And, and still three years younger than you. <laughs> yes, you are. Well, anyway, the plan is we're going to Asheville. We're going to go Zen tubing. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Well, at the night before, this was Saturday, so last Friday, it rained again terribly, so they canceled all tubing adventures from Asheville. But, you know, we had a limo that we were supposed to go up there anyway, so we said, hey, let's go on up there. Let's see where this day might take us to celebrate Amanda's 40th birthday. We meet in the uh, Bargain Hunt par parking lot, 930 sharp. Pull up. There's a stretch van that says Platinum Limousine in the parking lot. Park our cars, grab our coolers. Off on board, first thing I see in the very back of the limo, your standard stripper pole. I For was sure. like, it's going to be a solid, solid Saturday. So cruise up the mountain, singing, drinking mimosas with everybody, just having a great time. Stop at White Duck Taco. That's our first stop. Eat some lunch. Cruise around. Go to a couple breweries. Pop in a little couple parks. Just a phenomenal day, Hank. And it's not even 1 o'clock, and we've done all this stuff, you know? So hanging out, we decide we want to get back or at least back on the limo at three. So one of our friends who I'll mention, because I mentioned his name before, the world famous Al Gargas said, hey, I hear there's this hot chicken joint in Asheville. Let's stop there before we go down the mountain. Let's get a little bit more food on our belly so we're feeling good. Of course, Al, whatever you need, buddy, if you need to get some food, let's go. We go wait in line. A couple people are saying, all right, here's what you get. You, there's hot, and then there's like really hot, and then there's like obscene hot, and then there's like murder's row hot, right? Murder's row. Like, if you eat this, you could die. You could possibly wow. die if you eat it. So a couple of the smart people were like, hey, man, let me stick with just hot. And somebody said, I'll go maybe just extra hot. Well, my friend Al, not to be ever outdone, says, I think I'm going to try that murder's row. I think I'm going all the way i'm sitting in the back we get our food go in the back he and i are in the very back of the limo takes that first bite you can see it that sweat starts welling up on his forehead i was like dude you don't have to do this and he was like oh no i got this i got this takes another bite i'm telling you i can hear his stomach just like burgling. i mean it's making just some obscene noises and so after the third or fourth fight, now he's got, now everybody's watching him, mate. Like everybody's like got eyes on him. And so, you know, he's this mouth into this stuff. After I'd say maybe about three minutes, there's so much sweat flying. There's chicken going everywhere. I moved seats because I couldn't handle it anymore. Because at any time I thought he might really just, you know, keel over and die. That's how much the heat is affecting him. Anyway, he put the chicken down. The trip is an hour and 15 minutes back home. He did not say another word for the rest of the trip. He just sat in his little corner, put the chicken back in a bag, and was staring <laughs> at us. He would not talk. I mean, I knew it got him, and it got him bad. We got back home. We went on a, a quick trip on the on a boat. Al went straight to the house. I have not seen nor talked to him yet since then. He could be dead. I do not know. But hopefully, you know, murder drove. Murderer's row. I mean, good gracious. Good good looking out for the try, though. He said, hey, give me the hottest. I can take it on. 
You know, I mean, good for him. Good effort. It's a good effort. Uh, But anyway, I wanted to say happy birthday to Amanda. It was a phenomenal day. Oh, gosh, I miss those days where, you know, there's not a real care in the world. You got somebody to drive. You got great places to go. You come back home. You see the sunset on the boat. Then you get back to your house at a decent hour and everything is good. So happy birthday to you, Amanda. Yeah, that, that sounds like an awesome, awesome birthday. It's kind of funny what you want to do for your birthday anymore. Like what, like you feel like entertain. And that sounds like a perfect day, you know, good weather, friends, come on, hot chicken, hot chicken, no doubt. Um, well, Hank, staying on this theme of love, um, I am going to be breaking some, uh, some, some news here, Hank. And, uh, I'm telling you this because we are going to post this podcast. I'm, we're talking to you now live on a Tuesday, August the 25th. My 20th anniversary is Wednesday, August 26th. That's tomorrow night, Hank. 20 years. Can you believe this? 20 Hard to believe that she, that she would be willing to be with you for 20 years. No doubt about it. I mean, there is absolutely no doubt about it. No doubt about it. We were trying to think, um, Roger Young and Megan and Jennifer and I actually have gone on our 10th wedding anniversary together. We went to like Dominican. We went on our 40th birthday parties together. And so normally we travel with them on really special occasions. And our plan was to go somewhere in the Bahamas. But because of COVID, all of this stuff got squashed. So we threw away the trip. Maybe we can try to go next year. So I was thinking, man, what can I do to let Jennifer know of how, how special she is to me and to our kids to celebrate our 20th anniversary. And, you know, there's not really too many things you can do now. We're kind of, we got school going on. It's on a Wednesday, you know, our anniversary is on a Wednesday, you know, um, right. There, there's just not too many places you can go and feel real safe. So I said, I said, Jennifer, where would you like to go? She said, let's eat at the restaurant somewhere in Hickory. She really likes cafe rules. So the brain starts working. Hank. Like how can I make this a really special night for her? So, Hey man, my family has a printing company. Hey, we have this press that can print all these cool signs and do all this stuff. So I start making a list of the fir- the places, we- our first date, you know, the bar we used to go to, the, you know, the places we used to live. And I had our designers at our office create street signs that said like Brent Road. That's a place where we first started hanging out. And, you know, Snooker's Bar and Grill, Caporel's Bar and Grill, East Village Bar and Grill. You get the hint here. A lot of bars and grills. That's where yeah. Jennifer a lot of time in at NC State. Yeah. The Carter Finley got a big picture of it. Anyway, I made 30 huge signs. So when we walk, we got the chef's table at Cafe Rule 2, just she and I. So when she walks in there, it's going to have signs like it'll look like we're on Hillsborough Street, you know, kind of in Raleigh where we first met. And then we'll walk around here and you might see the place where she and I worked together called Maricel. In 1996, you walk a little further. You've got pictures of our sorority and fraternity house. You walk a little further. You know, all these experiences that we shared in our relationship. Okay. So I was like, ooh, that's a really good start. That's a good start to the evening. What else could make it better, Hank? So some people that were important to us in our lives, I'm going to have them, you know, unexpectedly FaceTime in, boom, and they're going to say, Happy anniversary, guys. Do you remember in 1997 when we were at Wild Dunes and this happened and they're all going to share a story of, you know, of being with us, she and I, whatever, that was a very special time for all of us. So it's going to be quite the evening. Hank, and I dropped it met- now first. She has no idea. It's going to be a complete surprise, but you are hearing it here first. Well, I appreciate you sharing it for with me because this is going to give all of us men the opportunity to defend ourselves on any of the anniversary um, terrible uh, dates that we've ever had to put our wives through. And now you're pulling this thing? Are you kidding me? Are you oh. kidding me? When these wives hear this story, they're going to look at me like, uh, Reagan's going to be like, what have you been doing your whole life? What, do, what, what, do, what are you thinking? Huh? So thank you, Chad. I hope she has a wonderful oh. evening. Thank you, buddy. It, it should be quite. Oh, can I tell you that the, the, the uh, icing on the cake? So at the very end, when we've we we walked down memory lane, we've seen all the signs. We've talked about what we did here or what we did at Walnut Creek or, you know, all the, the great times we had at the Dominican or on our when we went to Hawaii or honeymoon, all this stuff. At the very end, I've got this kind of real sappy speech that I'm going to say, you know, Jennifer, 
we've shared all these experiences for the last 20, over 20 years together. And, you know, um, we've, we've, we've accomplished so many things, but you know what? There are two things in our life that are more important than anything that we've accomplished together, that we worked together and we were able to have these, these, these two things. And my daughters are going to walk in to the room with dessert and we're all going to sit down and eat it together as a family. Oh, fantastic. This golf clap. You could, How I'm about that? You're, you're congratulating yourself. It's very good. And I, I applaud you on that. And I, I, I think that again, um, this is all a ploy to make people think that you're a great guy. <laughs> Chad, the dad. Remember Hank, we're trying for Chad, the dad. Yes. Number one. Chad the dad. <laughs> That's, hey, that, I, to, uh, to be completely honest, sounds like it's going to be an amazing night. And, and you know, that's the thing. Like, I, of course, you'd love to be in the Bahamas or whatever. But, you know, it's things like that that individuals would rather have or rather be, you know, or rather reminded of. Because it's, you know, those memories, you you could have billions of dollars when you die. And it's your memories that you're going to, you know, that are going to last longer than that. So um, I think she's going to love it. Thank you, Hank. I, I hope so, too. And, I, man, I completely agree with you. It's not about all these tangible things. We've talked about this on the podcast a million times. You know, it's not. It's about the memories that you make. That's what you take with you, not a ring or a necklace or a car or a refrigerator. It's the memories. And if we can make memories, you know, we will be – we are rich. We are rich in memories. And that goes further to me than money. Now, how about that? Is Am I still trying to paint myself as a good person, Hank? I, I think you are. I think you are. But, you know, I, with that being said, I would like to transition to our sponsor who has done a wonderful job and they are consistent in helping individuals with their needs and, and their concierge errand service, which is called Time Genies. All right. So Time Genies does an amazing job of helping individuals either personally or professionally get things that they need done easily. Um, like I said, I've known Karen Tonks, who's the owner of this company. She's a, a, a great person. I've sat on different boards with her and um, it's easy to trust them with your, with these needs, knowing who, uh, who is doing the service. So Time Genie, great job. You can find them at www.time-genies.com. That's right, Hank. www.time-genies.com. Check them out. Hank, if you thought we were only going to be world premiering my anniversary celebration on this podcast today, buddy, you thought wrong. It oh, is my it is my special pleasure to introduce the world premiere song created by one of our the band members in our band. We've already we've already premiered one of our songs earlier this month during the middle of COVID. You guys will remember it. Well, here's another world premiere song made by Andy Roney with a little help from Chad East with a couple of the lyrics, Hank. And before we set this thing off, I think we've got an intro that Mr. Roney wanted us to hear. Are you ready? I can't wait. Uh, you sound excited. What's up? It's Andy Roney, a.k.a. Henry River. I'd like to thank the big fan for having me on today, Jackson Creative and Chad and Hank, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, a special thing for me, being able to put out some new music in a new way, and if you like this song, go check out soundcloud.com slash henryriver or bandcap.com slash henryriver. Got a lot of original tunes on there. This one's new, feels fresh, feels alive, and it really came to life with the help of Mr. Chad East. Um, I had this song, the melodies, basically the arrangement, um, complete and then I was playing it and I was like man I got no words what's this story gonna be about so we sit there and listen to it a couple times and all of a sudden this picture started to emerge and Chad started painting this picture of this nostalgic time going back in time and when all you really wanted was to have some fun and find some love so um, hell the opening line of the song is upside down on a Friday night one time he said during the song he said uh, we'll come up the words he said he said just get in the back seat baby and I was like, "There's the that's the title. We're centering that. It's called Backseat Baby." So, um, 
I'm going to play that in a second. First, I want to thank Chad and Hank for putting out this podcast every week. It provides great entertainment, great laughs, lots of conversation for uh, you know a lot of us folks in Hickory and hopefully worldwide out there. And uh, I want to let you know my wife listens to it. And ever since she started listening to this podcast, she says that she's got a greater appreciation for me. I mean, I can even see it. I mean, she she finds me more humorous, more intelligent, more sexy. So I just wanted to thank you guys for making the rest of us dudes out there look real good. Now, here's the debut of Backseat Baby by Henry Rivers. It's a love song. I hope you dig it. Yeah, I'm upside down on a Friday night I ain't looking for a fight I'm just trying to have some fun Feeling young till the morning comes Yeah gentlemen you heard it here first that's backseat baby by andy roney aka henry river what you think about that tune hank it's kind of it's got that mgmt vibe i heard a little outcast in there there was some hip-hop flow kind of cool beat mm -hmm. think about that thing man i think it i think it was great i think it was funny did anybody um proof andy's uh, come in to that whole thing that speech he gave that thing was money right there that sounded like he was coming straight from a grammy awards right there yeah, um it really did you know what's so funny I, I think it was great i think that it's so interesting to watch creative people kind of like 
you know, create whatever it is, whether it's sculpture or music or whatever, because it it's all so different. That was, I mean, you're exactly right. You heard all kind of different music flares in there and probably everything that helped mold him as, you know, as a musician. And it kind of like creates who they are, who they are. And that's why, you know, different genres exist. Um, but, you know, I, I think it was great. I think that uh, uh, it's awesome to have an outlet that you're passionate about in are good at and to watch people do it is pretty cool. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I am so fortunate to have him as my neighbor because, you know, like let's say I'm not tired and it's a Thursday evening, like at 1030. Right. And so I know Andy, I can walk right over and he'll be in his little studio creating these beats. Just like that's how this song happened. He said, listen to this. And we listened and I had a little thing in my mind. It was about the backseat baby top down lady. And we're talking about, what it really originated from, Hank, is like Friday night, I was like, remember when you were at McDonald's and you're sitting there and you're like, what in the world do we want to do tonight? Well, there were two things you wanted to do. You wanted to be with your baby or a girl or whatever. You may, might want to have a find a little party to go to. And so you pop in the car. Somebody said, hey, the party's at so-and-so's house. Well, guess where we're going? We're going to try to get a little lady friend or a friend in the back of a car. Let's cruise on to the party. So that's how that song originated. And Andy just kind of took it from there. And, you know, and I think he wrote that song and produced that song perfectly because uh, it kind of described a Friday night in Hickory back in the day, you know? Yeah, it did. And, you know, it's kind of funny because um, every, you know, every kid or every adult kind of has those memories that, whether it's, you know, McDonald's parking lot or it's down 127 or whatever it is, it is a, a consistency because when I was a freshman, you were a senior yeah. and you, you know, when you pulled up to McDonald's, when I was in high school and I was a freshman, um, you know, you had people that had long standing time in these parts, like your friends, your buddies. Right. And, uh, you know, um, it, it's kind of funny because, you know, you'd show up there and you kind of had to navigate as you're, weird and awkward teenager kind of how you fit in with your older guys the girls the you know the parties and whatever and I had it kind of weird because my brother was two years older than me so I, I you know it was I feel like it was easier for me because of familiarity but every person in America can relate to that that time in their life where you know driving around really with no agenda no, right. you know, nothing just trying to find some trouble or try to find something good to do. And and that's what that song talks about. You know, that's exactly what that song's about. I'm so glad that we were able to share that song with the audience. Andy Roney, a.k.a. Henry River. Phenomenal, phenomenal job. Keep those hits coming. Uh, I want to hear some more, buddy. Keep them, keep them rolling. And Hank, dude, what a great show today. We talked a little about a little bit about everything today, some from baseball anniversaries, some fantasy football. We talked about Japanese lanterns. I mean, we've kind of covered the gamut, my friend. Is there anything in particular yeah, that's happening, you know, in the next weekend for you that you want to talk about or what else you got today? Uh, wait, I really, um, I'm going to, I do have, um, uh, let's get to know Chad, but I'm going to save that for our next episode because I really want to make sure that these, um, these questions last. Um, but I'll keep these right to my side. But, um, you know, it with school getting in, on board, I really – you know, want to thank our teachers out there um, and anybody that is listening that has to do with education, because last year when we got out because of COVID, the it was a, a, a jumbled mess and not because of them, but because of the circumstances that they were put under. And you can tell, and I, I can only speak for mine, my son, you can tell the thought and the preparation and the amount of work and what's asked of these teachers is not easy. So um, I do, you know, want to thank them for the work that they've put in this summer, getting it ready for every day that it's getting ready. Because I can tell you, Harris's teachers are accessible 24-7. They're accessible whenever you want them. And that's a, you know, that's an, a feat that usually isn't accomplished. And I think that the educators uh, in our country are stressed right now and need to be congratulated with what they've done. Well said, Hank. Well said. I read something yesterday that kind of hits that point perfectly. It said, please be patient with our teachers and our instructors because they are building the boat as we sail. 
you know, as we go, they're building it. They, they're in this, you know, they don't know half the stuff that's going on either. So they're building it as we sail, as we take off, they're still putting the pieces together. And, you know, so let's please be patient with them. They're doing the best that they can. And I commend them as well. I mean, they're doing a hell of a job, a hell of a job. So well said there, sir. Buddy, I am off to Charleston this weekend. I'm leaving on Thursday for my last, thank God, fantasy football draft with my Raleigh college friends. You know, I'm sure it'll be a a heck of a time. It always is. And so when I see you next, you know, that will wrap up all the fantasy stuff. We're right into NFL football season starts the next week. Can you believe it? NFL football season is literally two weeks, two and a half weeks away. And if they do have a college football season, if they do, it starts in a week and a half. So, right. I, I mean, this is, this is crazy. All this stuff is just kind of just crept up on us, and here we are. So, anyway, I look forward to a, a wonderful weekend, Hank. I've enjoyed our time together. Um, any plans for you this weekend? I'm sorry, sorry we didn't get to that. No, I'm, we're around here, so we're um, we're just kind of taking it easy. I think um, my son has been employed. He's got um, – a soccer game on Saturday, but he's been employed by my father-in-law. So, you know, we have a, a piece of property out in Vail that um, we get to play on. We ride four wheelers and shoot guns and fish in a river and everything. And um, my father-in-law does a lot of um, hunting out there and he um, has done a food plot to feed deer for this fall. And so he uh, tilled up about a full acre, which is, you know, it's, that's a lot of space and uh there's but rocks and sticks and everything and he is employing my son and another little boy that we know max zagaroli to pull rocks out of this acre of dirt and i'm going to be nowhere near that i'm going to from that so uh i think reagan and i are gonna um probably be able to do something while uh while he's out there fun that's awesome uh how many how many times do you think he'll complain during the uh the rock pulling uh episode well i think i think that first probably the first 15 minutes is going to be fun because they're going to be picking up the rocks and they're going to toss them at a tree or they're going to toss them at some you know some object and then i would say at minute 16 of that through minute uh like two hour and uh 47 minutes um there's going to be a heavy dose of complaining. Yes, uh, you were probably right, buddy. But way to go, Harris and Max. That's awesome. Earning their keep, doing uh, you know, yep. earning money. That's awesome. Well, Hank, um, good talking with you, buddy. And uh, the next time we will talk to our audience is in about a week and a half to two weeks where we'll tell them how my Charleston trip went, how school is going for the kids, how football has started, all this fun stuff. So we'll look forward to being with the audience here in about a week and a half to two weeks, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Peace. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.